Welcome in to another Running with the Wolves podcast on the Believe Sports Network. My name is Gabe Anderson. I'm joined, as always, by Chris Emerson. Chris, how are we doing? We're doing great, man. Um, First place? I mean, we just can't get rid of this first place tag, so I'm all for it. I think I saw in our whole franchise history, we've been first place for 10 days before this year. Mm -hmm. And right now, I think we're at 62 or 63 days this year, so... I think it's going in the right direction. Yeah, that's almost two full seasons of Survivor. So that's that's uh, that that's an impressive go. reign at the top. So what I wanted to do first, and what we're going to lead off talking about this episode, is I want to play this clip from Stephen A. Smith from I I don't know what show it is, but I think NBA Today, and I I just want to see your reaction to it. So here we go. Uh, I want you to take a look at this dunk by Anthony Edwards. Throws it off the backboard to himself. Stephen A, I know you're a very tough judge of dunks. How do you feel about this one? It it, it was nice. It was spectacular in real time. But let me say this, y'all. I need my boys to listen to me. I need you to listen to me, Christina, because regardless of what people want to think because of my presentation and delivery, my boy CC, I see you right there, big boy. Here's the deal, y'all. I don't really engage in hyperbole nearly as much as I engage in fact. This brother is something special. <laughs> yes, he, he is. is something special. He brought he brings out the dog in the rest of their team. Let me tell you something right now. He is rapidly evolving into my favorite player in the NBA. He's got an NBA body. He's a man child. He's a Skywalker. He's got game. He's got heart. Listen to what I'm saying to you on national television. Right now, when I see Anthony Edwards, I see in the making Vince Carter, Kobe Bryant, MJ, Michael Jordan. So I just wanted to play that a little bit. I I found that pretty shocking. Anytime the Wolves are getting some some rub on the national level. I I tend to get excited. I know they got some last night with TNT as well, but we got ourselves a gamer in Anthony Edwards. So I just want to ask you now, now he went on to say that Anthony Edwards is obviously not there yet, which I would agree with. Do, Do you think Ant could be the next Kobe Bryant? I mean, it seems crazy to say, but is it possible? Sure. Why not? I mean, if he if he's willing to put in the work, I mean, he's got the physical, he's a better physical attributes than Kobe or Jordan had probably. Um, Jordan had quite a bit better than his competition. I, I, you know, I don't think Edwards has quite that gap um, compared to the other people in the league, but he's got everything you need. Um, he just needs to keep doing it and he needs to stay healthy. But uh, yeah, I'm all for it. I like him almost as a mix of all of them. I don't want to say that he's going to be as good as all the three mix, but he definitely has some Vince Carter in him. He definitely has some Kobe in him, and he definitely has some Michael Jordan in him as well. Now, you were talking about, I saw you on the fan page, not as impressed about his off-the-backboard dunk, but I got to say, as someone who was there in person, that was pretty impressive live. Like that was pretty cool to see in something that you don't see all the time. Yeah. And I don't want to like say, like put some bah humbug on it, but I'm just saying like people are freaking out and it was like, I mean, it's fine. Like tossing it, 
everyone who can barely dunk knows if they catch a if someone tosses them a lob, it's easier to dunk it than if you are running up and dunking it normally. Um, I just don't. I mean, they're fine. Just off the backboard dunks aren't that impressive to me. I, I mean, you're throwing it to yourself. You know where it's at. There's usually no one around you. Um, I mean, clear lane he had, simple dunk. It was fine. I mean, I'm happy it went in. We needed it at that time too. It's. I mean, it was a. It wasn't just like um, an all star game or something that didn't matter. Like we needed buckets, and he right. was giving them to us. And I don't want to say it was. It was and one mixtape worthy. Which kids, if you don't know what that is, ask your parents. But I will say it was something to see live, and it's something that you don't see every day because he was caught. He did. He had nowhere to go with the ball, and just saw an opening yeah. and and took advantage of it. That that's what. And it was in a in a clutch situation as well because that game right. was far from clinched at that point. In oh, fact. Right. Yeah, I, I think we were down almost seven at that point. Yeah, I mean, it was impressive. Um, speaking back to what Stephen A. Smith said, I, I caught yeah. that clip, actually, and my favorite part of it was when he continued on. Like, I'm not really concerned about who people think someone might be because that's all just it's all just talk. Like, you're, they're obviously not that person, you know, so who knows? He can go a million different directions still. Um, mm-hmm. I like the Dwayne Wade comparison almost better just because Dwayne Wade seemed to be, I don't know, I kind of like his defense a little bit better. But um, what I liked is when he went forward and he said, NBA, Timberwolves need to be on national television more. Put them on more often. Mm-hmm. I loved that. And yeah. uh, later, I mean, everyone was talking about the dunk today. I heard uh, Perkins said something great. He said, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, he's in Minnesota. That's, you know, you know, it's not big market. He said, well, what it, it needs to be where we go then. If that's where he is, then the NBA needs to go to Minnesota right. to watch. I mean, I, I love I love that the national media is saying that type of stuff. And uh, you know, we're in for a beautiful ride, and people need to enjoy watching this kid grow. I agree. It's interesting that you say that. It's almost like the old adage from Field of Dreams, where if you build it, they will come. Because it's not like before the dynasty, the Golden State Warriors were on TNT every night in the Jay Rich era. It's not like they were on TNT every about, night. It's not like the Clippers OKC? were on TNT every night either. Well, how about OKC when they had Westbrook yeah. and Durant? They were on TV all the time. Nobody yep. cares. That's flyover country. What about Cleveland when they had LeBron? They were on all the time. We're talking Cleveland? What are yeah. we talking about here? You know, so it has nothing to do with market. It has it has to do with winning. And if we keep winning, we'll be on TV. I agree. And what a what a great show. I was getting kind of nervous there when we were down five going into the fourth. Oh no, it's another excuse for TNT and Charles Barkley to say we're just a flash in the pan. This is luck. And then what do we do in the fourth quarter? Outscore them by 20. Just a great performance, and we'll break some of them down. And what something that I've noticed about this team is 12 and 2 against teams below 500 this year. We're becoming the team that gets it done when we need to. These trap games are not trap games anymore. They're just games that we win. And that's yeah. different from what we've done in the past. Yeah, and I think a lot of that um comes down. I mean, Anthony Edwards is a consistent ball player that just can't be guarded, and he's got that hunger to score, which is important. Um, in those in those games where you're playing lesser opponents. But what really seems to be the thing versus those kind of bum teams 
is Rudy Gobert's just physical height and just constant aggression. Mm. I mean, other teams can't match that. And when we have Carl Anthony Towns and him both clicking, um, those lesser teams just can't match that size, and we just overpower them. Yeah, and and something that, that I've also noticed from the Timberwolves is how good we have been at home this season. We've been 17-2 and two at home. If that's not a home court advantage, I don't know what is. Yeah. And last year we went 22-19 and 19 at home. What, what's been different this year about winning at home? Now, I know some of it. We've got, we've got, we've had some luck with opponents not being at full strength, but Hey, you got to win the games on your schedule. Why have we been so good at home this year? You know, the luck thing is important, but I mean, it's not like we're the only team that players are injured for, you know, it's not like they played all the games except for the Timberwolves game. So like whoever had that team before us probably also didn't play those stars. So um, I mean, that just happens. Uh, I think it's just, defensive consistency if you stay consistent defensively you'll be a you'll be consistently in the game and that's all you need to be when you're the better team and when you've got a closer like Anthony Edwards give this team an offseason to gel together like last season Carl Anthony Towns goes down Rudy Gobert has a augmented offseason where he's barely around at all uh, the, this team barely plays together. It, it's it's hard to implement a new point guard midseason. That's what the Wolves had to do last season as well. And we can talk about Mike Conley, too, who has been fantastic, shooting 45% from behind the three-point line this year. And he was huge last night. He's He saved us. In the fourth quarter when you said we started, we're down five, I think he had two threes in the first maybe 30 seconds of that fourth quarter. And it's like, oh. Here we go. Now we're rolling. Um, mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And talking about three-pointers percentage, is like that is one thing I'm a little worried about with this Wolves team is offensively we're kind of like in the middle of the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. And in the last in the last five games, I was just I saw a stat that came out, and in the last five games, Carl Anthony Towns is shooting 71 percent from three. Um, Jade McDaniel's is shooting 47 percent from three. Conley is 43 and uh, Reed is 41. Um, 41 can be attainable, but 70 isn't going to hold. McDaniels at damn near 50% probably isn't going to hold. So some of those numbers are going to come back to earth. So Mm -hmm. we're going to have to find a way to keep getting points uh, when those threes aren't falling. And I think a lot of that's, comes down to Anthony Edwards and what a big second half for him I mean you go into halftime with only two points and you're thinking okay Ant's blowing it on national tv and then he comes out and blows everyone away almost puts up 30 points in the uh, third and fourth quarter and that, that's not, not not to go back to Ant too much but he can just turn it on in a second like out of nowhere and it just becomes Ant time out of nowhere so I um in the beginning of my in the beginning of LeBron's career, I went to every time he came to the Timberwolves, I would at least once a season I would watch him there. Mm-hmm. And uh one thing that I noticed was often going into the second half or you know, mid-third quarter, I was like, Man, we got a shot, you know, we got a shot. LeBron's yep. only got 10 points. Like, this is gonna be great. We're really locking him up. And then by the end of the game, you'd look and he'd have 30, you know, seven and seven. You're like, what the hell happened? And mm. that's what superstars can do. Like when they're going up against lesser opponents, 
they get people involved, they pass the ball around, they get their teammates eating, they get everyone feeling good, and then they can turn on the switch and just absolutely take over when need be. And Anthony Edwards is starting to get that. Um, after a couple games where he, I mean, one game where he lost it for us by being too iso ball, too aggressive in the in the fourth quarter, Finch called him out saying he had, you know, multiple turnovers. It might have been the Boston game yeah. down the stretch. I'd um, say Boston and probably Boston and Dallas. Yeah. Kind of so the same now, scenario. So now I think he, these are all learning experiences for this guy. Like, yes, he, he played bad. And what did he do recently? Come out and go out of his way to help his teammates out, set his teammates up, make the extra pass, almost to a fault in the first quarter, or first half last game. Those are learning things. That's what's going to make this kid better and make our team better. I would be interested to know if maybe not Finch, but an assistant coach told him at halftime, like, take take no. over this game. It was slow-mo. Did you hear that? I yeah. did not, and, no. On TNT, they asked him, I think it was Charles Barkley, asked him, hey, who can get on you? Like, he said he had, like, Charles Oakley, and he had, you know, some old vets that if he was dogging it one game, would get on him, you know, him being the superstar, who can get on you mm -hmm. on the team? And he said Kyle Anderson um, in, at halftime is the one who can always get on people. And he said he got on he got on him, and he said, you're playing like a scrub. You're supposed to be a superstar. You got two points. You're playing like a scrub. And that was all he needed to come out and ignite him. And those are some, like, when we – when later on, I'm not saying tonight, but later on when we talk about trade deadline and stuff like that, I know we talked about trading slow-mo. Those are some of the in, intangibles that I think this yep. team has that past teams have not had. Another thing interesting, going back to the Mike Conley points, he's played, I think he's only missed one game this season. What yep. I want out of this Timberwolves team is – it, does, it would be great if it's the number one seed, right? But it's not necessarily the number one seed. If we can get a top four seed and have it locked in, like I'm talking like locked in, we can't go slower than four. I'm talking home playoff series and give Conley and some of these other guys some rest. Oh, I would yeah. love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would be huge. It's, it's what we need. Because, um, I mean – we're playing great right now, but we're what forty-one games in. I mean, there's we're halfway we're half, there. We're halfway there. Yeah, so it's gonna be, you know, the the second half is harder for these older guys. So there's gonna have to be more rest built in there. One thing we got to talk about from last night's game. How about how about the little thirteen oh Nas run at the end of the first quarter? That was amazing. You, you talk about something cool to see live in person. The ant dunk. How about Nas going up for 13 points in three minutes? That was outstanding. It. And he forced the steal on his last two points, and Anderson paid him off. Man, Nas, to have that kind of guy off the bench, that's the definition of what you want for a six-man. And he does it like no other six-man has ever done it before. You just yep. know when Nas is coming off the bench, he's probably going to hit a three. Just cold off the bench. It's crazy. Most guys got to take two or three shots before they hit one. I would love to see those numbers. I would love to see first shot off the bench, three-point percentage for Nasrid. I would be – it wouldn't surprise me if it was 70%. I mean, yeah. it seems like it's been six, seven games in a row he's done it. It's unbelievable. Carl Anthony Towns, when he's on, and Nas Reed, has there in the history of the NBA – 
been a one-two shooting punch better than those two? I can't think of one. A big man. A I big mean, man. I'm not you're talking big man. Um, I don't know. I mean, right? You know, Dirk <laughs> was Dirk and Sean Marion. Marion was okay from the corner. Um, I can't think of anything anywhere close. I mean, it's it's a different NBA and and it's amazing. Um, speaking, I want to point out something about different NBA, something I saw the other day. Yeah, go that ahead. Kind of blew my mind. Um, Dane Moore, uh, shout out to Dane Moore, one of the best in the business, posted this. And it was talking about offensive efficiency over the years. And um, man, I don't know if I can find it now, but it was basically saying that the temp- that currently the NBA, oh yeah, the Warriors, when they were 70 or 73 and nine had 114.9 offensive rating, number one in the league, 114.9, crushing everybody offensively. It's an amazing Mm -hmm. year. The average offense right now in the NBA, and we're talking not that many years ago, right now the average offense is 116.2. So the the 15th ranked team in offense in the NBA, which is pretty much us, is better than the greatest – record of all time golden state warriors team like offense is exploding right now um except for when they play us obviously yeah and and that that's the crazy thing about the timberwolves what is the trend in the nba right now going small what are we doing we're going big what is the trend in the nba right now everyone like the sexy pick is the pacers who's putting up or the pacers or the hawks who are putting up 153 a night what are the wolves doing they're playing defense at a at a high rate. We're almost the counterculture right now. Yeah, and, and I love it. And it's something that I've been saying for a while. Like chasing that small man lineup is fine if you have the personnel. Like, right. But to, if you're not, if you don't have, you know, Curry and Clay Thompson and guys like that that can shoot like that, then you can't do it. Like, it's what's important is making your team work for who you have. And if we've got one of the best bigs and we've got a shot to get a guy like Gobert, you take it. And now you're like, well, now we're going to be big and we'll see how that works because we can't beat the teams. You can't beat the elite teams that go small if you don't have that personnel. So why try? Like you said, you got to play to the personnel on your team and then figure it out later. It's it's the whole analogy. You can't fit a square peg into a into a circle, right? Like it right. just it just doesn't work. And that's what I think Finch has done well. Tim Connolly gave us a team. Okay, we're gonna go with three bigs. This is what we're doing. And Finch is like, okay, bet. I got yeah. this. Give me a fourth if you can. Yeah, no, it's amazing. He's he's a coach of the year. He should be. He's gonna be coaching the All Star team or soon. They'll announce that hopefully. Um, it's going to be great. He deserves everything he gets, all the flowers. We're paying him less than Monty Williams, who's getting paid like, what, 12, 12 plus? How much? Like 20 million a year, is it? He's, a, he's the highest paid coach in the NBA. <laughs> and the worst team. I think it would be hilarious if statistically the worst team in NBA history had the highest paid coach in the league. Yeah, it kind of it kind of makes you think. And I, I saw a stat, not to go too far into the Pistons, but Dwayne Casey, his run there was not too glamorous either. I think it, I, I saw a stat where he had the worst win-loss percentage during the span of time where he coached the Pistons, which was about four or five years, the worst win-loss in the league. Not good. Uh, and and I was, 
I almost I almost want to do a show. We can do it in the offseason, I guess. After we bring home the championship, we can we can yeah. talk about this. I almost want to do a show where and I want to ask you a question. I almost want to do a deep dive into like the, the Wolves after the Garnett or after the Western Conference final season. Because I think it would be an interesting deep dive. I think we gave up on Dwayne Casey too quick, but that's just me. No, for sure. We did that for a handful of coaches. Um, we were really, we were, we were struggling. We were spiraling um, for years and years and every, and we were looking for a quick fix instead of staying with a path and trying to build a roster. And yeah, I was very disappointed with a lot of the moves we did over those times, but you know, it got us to where we are now and I'm happy with what we got. Could you imagine if the Wolves didn't luck out and get the number one pick in 2020? Could you imagine if we didn't have Edwards right now? Like, it's so crazy. And I know everyone says life is just a bunch of chances. Life can change at an yeah. instant. But, like, the the whole trajectory of our franchise changed on that night. Like, what if we ended up with Wiseman? Like, yeah. could you, <laughs> like What if Anthony Edwards didn't reclassify and come out early? I mean, or going out college. Because if he didn't reclassify, he would have been in Cade Cunningham's class. Like, he's he's like a month older than Cade Cunningham. So it's not like, you know, it's all that, all that crazy. So like, then we would have been, you know, maybe we would have taken ball. We probably would have taken ball maybe, but we had D'Lo like that might, maybe it would have been Wiseman. Yeah. I mean, butterfly effects are real, real thing. Yeah. And that that's, that's got, that's one of the reasons that you got to love sports though, is just, just, I mean, it can change on a dime things like random things can happen and just the, the pieces fall as they may. So let's, did, did you want to talk about Jaden a little bit? Yeah. Um, I'm worried about Jaden McDaniels. Okay. I know he had a couple decent offensive and I like what he's doing a little bit offensively here lately. He's being a little more aggressive and that's like, you know, I'm not going to stand up and clap for him. This is what year three or like you should be. But, um, you know, I was looking back on the last 10 games and if we're going to be paying this guy 25 to 27 million dollars a game and everyone and he's he's averaging 10 points a game like that's right. terrible 10.9 like, yeah yeah that's that's terrible for this point in his career and especially when he's shooting well like you have to find a way to do better like i'm sorry two point what is it let's give it 11 points and two rebounds a game yeah 11's fair 11's fair two two and a half maybe three rebounds but still that's, that's terrible as a starting damn near seven footer. Like that's terrible. And he's played a little better. Thank you for that. But what we're going to pay him for, everyone's like, well, it's his defense. We pay him for it's his defense. Well, in the last seven games, I'm going to start from the back. LeBron James goes for 26 on us. Okay. Well, if you're going to be this defensive stopper, that's damn near a max player. That's giving us 10 and two a night. You better be absolutely shutting down people like not, making it slightly difficult, like 27 million might make it that we have to lose Carl Anthony Towns in the off season. Like we might have to make huge roster moves because of you, you know, because of that contract. So mm -hmm. LeBron goes for 26, 10, 10 games ago, the game after that, OG, OG and goes for 17 on 12 shots. Like that's super efficient. You got to stop that. And he was also on Randall. Some of that who went for 40. The next time we got Zion, who went for 27 Ingram 19 on 11 shots McCollum 24 these guys are eating on our on our wing defenders we can't have that Jalen mm. Green went for 20 on 16 shots 
on McDaniels. Plenty of times he got right by him to the rim. You got to be better. You know, this is what we're paying you for. Then right. you got Dallas. Luca went for 34. Irving went for 35. Yeah. Where's his defensive stopper? All defensive. I don't see it. Tatum goes for 45. Brown goes for 35. You're got to be doing better if this is the only thing you're doing. If you're giving us 10 points a game, the guy you're defending can't give us 45 and you want 25 million. Can't happen. And even Bogdanovich, you know, this Euro old slow guy went for 20 points on 13 shots and trashed him in the first half. Like he needs to get, he, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just, these guys are so good offensively that you just can't stop them. And that's a real possibility. And if that's the case, then we can't pay a guy, you know, 25 million if you can't affect the game. So mm -hmm. that's my rant. I'm, I'm frustrated because that contract is so big and it's going to maybe break up the core of this team and we're not getting dividends. And maybe it's, you know, maybe he could be a better offensive player if he had more shots because, you know, he's playing with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns and that's a valid excuse. But if that's the case, then you need to move him because that asset isn't working for us. You know, like if you have a Porsche and then you buy a Lamborghini and you only can drive one car, one's in the garage. So it's wasted money. You know, like mm -hmm. if you're not getting the impact out of him for 27 million and you're going to have to move a guy like Carl Anthony Towns, who's a 25 and 10 guy, that's dangerous. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm worried about it. I hope it gets fixed. I hope, I hope, you know, if he can get to even averaging 15, 16, that's different. And then we can talk, but you give me 16 and four or five, six rebounds. Okay. And great defense. I'll pay that for 25, but 10 points and two rebounds and this far into your career. That's terrible. Well said, very well said. And I know we're going to make some enemies with that take, but sure. I, I think there is something to that. As long the, as they, as long as the enemies tell me where I'm wrong, I'm fine with that. If people say, "Oh, you're just, you know, blah blah," like, no, tell me what I said that's wrong. Explain to me how I'm missing something, mm -hmm. and I'll gladly listen. Right. And like you said, like you pointed out, it's going to be hard to trade him this year, considering that he's not making that much money. It doesn't kick in Four until million. Uh, until next year, so that'll be tough. So. I will say he's got some time to grow on you a little bit. Like if he starts, like let's say we go on a playoff run and he's huge, that could pay dividends. But I, I understand what you're saying on that. And we're just well, going to let that marinate and see what people see. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And I was about to say, we did a video a while back that got a lot of heat where I said, maybe we should move him and have Nikhil Alexander Walker take his spot because very similar. He looked great in the playoffs currently right now on guards and wings in the entire NBA sorted by the best defensive estimated plus minus, like a way to validate defensive ability. Um, Marcus Smart, no surprise, former defensive player of the year, number one at plus three and a half. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, number two in the entire NBA at mm -hmm. plus 3.3, just right behind him. Alex Caruso, known defensive stopper, three. Jonathan Isaac, known cripple, 2.7. And then Jaden McDaniels is five at 2.6. So it's not like he's bad, but we've got right. a guy making 5 million a year off our bench doing better than him. So, I mean, it's, it's, it may be expendable in saving 27 million and bringing in, you know, 
some point guard help because Connolly is not going to live forever. Also, and the other thing I'll bring up before we break here, Jaden McDaniels does a lot of stupid things <laughs> yes. as well. He's he's punched a wall. He's plenty uh, of technicals for no reason. He's getting always technicals almost out. almost costing us games. He's always in foul trouble. So I don't know. It's something to think about. It's something to it's something to think about. And I think and we'll the put the craziest a, thing is he's shooting damn near fifty percent from three and like fifty five percent from like he's putting up great numbers. Just do more of it or something. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do better. You got to be better. You got to yeah. do more. You got to impact us more than just chasing guys i agree well i think we're gonna put a pin in it there chris thanks so much for being here yeah no problem man and this is the running with the wolves podcast on the believe sports network make sure to like share and subscribe if you're watching on youtube and if you're listening on spotify or apple Podcasts or podbean or wherever you're listening make sure to give us a five star rating because it really does help spread it the word and as always go wolves You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.